Good morning, Covenant Network. It is 7 a.m. on this Wednesday morning, December 1st. Happy December to you. Happy Wednesday to you. We've got a lot to get to on today's show, so let's get right to it and begin our morning with prayer, as we always do in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. In reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today on the show, we're going to be going to uh, hear some words to help keep us on track this Advent. We are also going to talk about the uh, theme of light in the season of Advent, and we're going to hear from Father Foy about an opportunity to... uh, Make a little plunge into the the frigid waters in uh, commemoration of a feast day coming up in January. And I, I know we're early, but you know we got to talk about it now so you can get it on your calendar, right? That's that's the whole point. Like I said, we've got a lot to get to on the show today, so let's go now to Mike Roberts for that check of the weather. For your Wednesday, we begin with showers, but skies will clear this afternoon and we'll end up with a high of 62 degrees. The normal high is 49 tonight, clear with a low of 42. Then Thursday and Friday sun, both days with a high of 72 Thursday and 68 on Friday. Saturday, partly sunny with a high near 50 degrees. And then Sunday, I think we'll see some rain with a high of 60. Today is the feast day of blessed Charles de Foucault, who was a martyr, born in 1858 into a family of aristocrats in Strasbourg, France. Charles was orphaned by the age of six and raised by his grandfather, who was a colonel in the French army. Rejecting his faith in his late teens, Charles joined the army himself and after his grandfather passed away, inherited the family fortune. But he struggled with the obedience needed to be in the army. When he was assigned to Algeria, he took his mistress Mimi with him. When he refused to give her up, he was dismissed from the army but remained in Algeria. Then, when his relationship with Mimi ended, he re-enlisted. Later, when he asked for but was denied permission to do a scientific exploration of Morocco, once again, he parted ways with the army. But his exploration of the geography and culture of Algeria Algeria actually won him the prestigious gold medal from the Society of Geography in France. During his research, Charles had rediscovered his Catholic faith and in 1886 returned to France joining the Trappist monks. Eventually, he went back to Morocco to start a religious community dedicated to serving people of all faiths, but he attracted no followers and instead became a hermit. In the early 1900s, Charles lived among the Touareg people in Algeria and Sahara, and slowly the Touareg people began to seek him out along with others for spiritual direction. However, when World War I erupted, conflict among the local tribes developed, and he was assassinated along with two visiting French soldiers. He died on this day in 1916 and was beatified in 2005. Blessed Charles de Foucault, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. We are back. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven right here on Covenant Network. Now, 
I know we're in the season of Advent. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if we wait to put things on our calendar until the day that they happen, well, they wouldn't be on our calendar in time. So I want to look ahead. Advent's all about preparation. I want to prepare for an event coming up in the new year in January. It is the second annual Polar Plunge hosted by St. John the Baptist Church in Guildhouse, Villa Ridge, whichever mm-hmm. you prefer. Here to tell us all about it, we are joined in studio by Father Tim Foy. Father, good to be with you today. You too, Adam. Thanks so much. All right. Now, uh, we were talking last week on the show with Father Wade Menezes about the liturgical cycle, and we, we shared some ideas on how to incorporate various we'll call them touch points from the liturgical cycle into our daily lives at home, perhaps, you know, having the Advent wreath around the table, doing something to celebrate the octave of Christmas, having something to denote the first Fridays, first Saturdays, all of these things. You've got one to take the baptism of the Lord to a new level, and that is to jump into some frigid waters. Yeah, we're really going to run into the water, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, not so, jump, run. Yeah, yeah, we're not. there's no diving board or anything like that. But but yeah, we're going to be at Union Memorial Park on January 8th in the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. Well, the weekend of the Baptism of the Lord. And we're going to run into this little pond slash lake. Well, if it was like last year, it's pretty cold. Yeah. I mean, even if the weather's nice that day, it takes a while for a lake to warm up. So it probably, I, I'm willing to venture a guess, it's going to be... Cold. And, you know, honestly, I would say that given the choice between jumping in or diving into frigid water or wading in or running in, give me the jump any day of the week because once your feet leave the dock, you're committed. There's no turning back. Me, I'll put a toe in a cold lake and I'll be like, I'm going to turn around. I mean, you're not putting the toe, you're running it. Once you start running, you're you're good. You know, it's, and what's great too, there's, um, you know, there's the firemen out there that are in the water and they're waders or whatever you call a big like rubber clothing that they're wearing and they're out there ready to help anybody who needs it. But uh, it's just neat. They're kind of out there as lifeguards. So Yeah. Now this is not, it's not a religious ceremony or anything no. like that. This is, this is purely for fun, but what a fun way to commemorate the, the baptism of our Lord. And it helps out a good cause. Absolutely. The, the money raised through the donations for registration all go to the uh, Helping Hands Community Outreach, which is wonderful. You know, I'm curious, what what are some of the lessons we can learn from this? I mean, number one, why is it important to have fun as we celebrate our faith? I mean, it's we know why it's important to have the prayer times and the ceremonies in, in the church or the prayer services. Why is it good for us to do things like this to have fun? Well, you remember it, for one thing. It's very memorable. You know, I think, you know, you see these kids that are doing this, and uh, they're not going to forget the baptism of the Lord. Well, our church in particular, we have a fondness for this feast because we're seeing John the Baptist and this is kind of his his big moment to shine. He's he's the Baptist that baptized Christ. So I mean I guess we take the liturgy, of course that's the most most triumphant, you know, serious kind of thing we could do to sort of certainly celebrate the feast. But then we want to take that into our daily lives. And rather than, you know, again, I think we want to have it go that direction. Go from the liturgy to permeate the world. Rather than have the world kind of just fill our minds and distract us in the liturgy. No, I want to take the liturgy and have it permeate and, you know, I don't know, infiltrates the wrong word, but to, you know, infuse our life with, with joy. Well, there, there is certainly no better patron for this than St. John the Baptist. I mean, some might be listening and saying, okay, wait, you want us to get together on a, a Saturday, it's a Saturday morning, yes. correct? A Saturday morning, January 8th, and run into frigid water in a lake in Union, Missouri. 
that's extreme, and I can't help but think, well, so is St. John the Baptist. I mean, the hair shirt, eating locusts and honey, he, in many ways, is the patron saint of extreme faith. Oh, definitely. I mean, and the thing is, you're doing it together. You're doing it as a church. You know, it's a, it's a great thing. We, we go around and visit times people and try to evangelize a little bit, hand out flyers. It's just like, you know, yeah, we're out there. We're trying to, uh, we're not just sitting back behind our desk or, or sitting back in our comforts of our homes. We're trying to get out there and, and make some hay. All right. My second question related to this, what are some of your hopes for us? I mean, obviously, we're not recreating our baptism. One baptism, thats a, we, we profess that in the creed. Amen. Uh, it's not a renewal of baptismal promises. It's just a fun event. But it does remind us. Again, it's, it's another reminder like, oh, you know, I, I was baptized, and uh, I'm called to live out my baptismal calling every day. What are some of your hopes for how the faithful are going to do that in your parish? Well, you know, I, I'd say one thing, Christmas is kind of the most, um, well, Advent's really the most shirked season. It's the most forgotten season. But Christmas is it's just celebrated all wrong. You know, I mean, we, we celebrate, I kind of get joke about like, you know, it would be if Advent, during Advent, you know, uh, we celebrate Christmas. It's kind of like if your wife has not yet given her baby yet, you know, she's not yet delivered, and, and you're like, oh, what a beautiful baby it is. Like, I haven't given the, you know, the baby's still in my womb, you know, and it, and, you know, and then when Christmas rolls around, I'm like, oh, I don't care about it. You know, like Christmas, baby's born, we're like, ah, whatever. It's a, that, you know, I'm not going to look at it. You know, like, so Christmas to me, when I said the whole Christmas season, and, and this is the end of the Christmas season, but truly have it to be really a time of festivity. It's not just kind of petering out like, you know, yeah, we just dumped the tree off on December 26th and forget about Christmas. And this is really a part of the manifestation of God in Jesus Christ to the world. Indeed. Manifestation of God in Jesus Christ to the world, and we are called to bear witness to that. You know, one of the things, you're talking about Christmas being celebrated early. Right now, I'm already seeing ugly Christmas sweaters left and right. You know, that's that's one form of festivity, and I I have one. I love it. But I I recall a pastor that I used to work for who said, you know, St. John the Baptist— he had the original ugly Christmas sweater, ah, and that, that was his nice. hair shirt announcing the coming of our Lord. Nice. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's a wonderful thing. Well, here are the details, friends. The Polar Plunge, hosted by St. John the Baptist and Father Foy, January eighth, 2022, at Veterans Memorial Park at 600 Progress Parkway in Union, Missouri. You do need to pre-register at SJ. Nope. You don't? You can show up that day? Oh, yeah. Show yeah, up that the water, day. The water can take any newcomers. Yeah, we'd love you to pre-register, but... We're not limited to uh, people who register. All right. Well, to pre-register, I should have said, SJG, so St. John Gildahouse, sjg-parish.org. It's $10 per person donation that they ask. T-shirts are $20. Registration that morning is at 10 a.m. The plunge itself is between 1030 and 11. So even if you're not going to get in the water, can you come to the event? Well, please. And like I said, I would say most people do not pre-register. I mean, Pre-registering is great for us to have an idea, you know, but I'd say a lot of people just show up that day and run to the water. Yeah. Now, Father, there are some things in life that are better with friends, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is probably one. that you, It's one thing to run into the cold water by yourself, but if you have some friends running with you, what a day oh, that was, will be. My first one I did uh, two years ago, um, I was I kind of went there by myself, but I was lumped with this group, and half the group was dressed as people from Star Wars. Half people were dressed as like patriotic American stuff, you know, Americana. So it was just great. Like, wow, you know, like jumping in with getting all these water with uh, Star Wars people and American. It was just it was great. It was a phenomenal thing. So, yeah, dress up if you want, you know, get some kind of theme, however you want to do it. Yeah. Well, maybe someone will be there with their, their best uh, St. John the Baptist costume on. I don't know. 
I don't know, but it's a fun morning for a good cause and to help us commemorate a wonderful feast in the life of the church and the, the Christmas season, the, the baptism of our Lord. Father Foy, thank you. I wonder, as, as we move forward in Advent here, could I ask you to lead us in a, a prayer of preparation? Sure, certainly. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for this time to open our hearts wider to your mercy, to, to hopefulness. Help us to desire Christ in a new way. Help us to have uh, just a greater, greater need and urgency for the coming of our Lord. As he comes to us at Christmas, he comes to us certainly uh, at the end of time, and we also prepare for him coming to us in our daily lives in, in the Mass. We ask that we might have room for him in all these uh, ways and every day of our life. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you so much. Uh, friends, again, for more information, just contact St. John the Baptist Parish in Gilda House. That's sjg-parish.org. Invite some friends if you're going to be in the Union, Missouri area. And, you know, it's, it's not that bad of a drive on 44, depending on where you're coming from. Uh, make a morning out of it. You know, bring some warm clothes for afterwards, but, but have some fun with the Polar Plunge. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven, and we will be back in just a few moments. As we enter into the season of Advent, one of the constant themes we see both in our liturgy and in our world is that of light. We think of the Advent wreath, which we lit the first candle this past Sunday, and this coming Sunday we prepare to light the second candle. We see the candlelight in the windows. You know, I think of one of my favorite Christmas songs, Frosted Window Panes, uh, Candles Gleaming Inside. And we see candles sometimes even on Christmas trees. We see the Christmas lights up all around us. There's a great interplay of light and darkness at this time of year. We're happy to be joined today by Monsignor Timothy Cronin to talk about what light means for us. Monsignor, so good to have you here today. To you too. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for having me here. I'd like to begin by stepping outside of the season of Advent, if I may, and, and fast-forwarding into next calendar year, that after Lent, we, we will celebrate the Triduum, and one of my favorite times of the year is the Easter Vigil, and the beginning with that service of light, that it's completely dark in the church, and the deacon enters in carrying the Paschal candle, this one flame. And from the moment that happens, no matter how dark the church is, it gets a little bit brighter. And no matter where you are, the darkness doesn't conquer that light. That, that light is visible. Even if it's just a small light, it's visible. And this makes me think of the beginning of the Gospel of John. It's, it's just a, a wonderful passage we read every time of year. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race, the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There's a lot to unpack here this Advent, isn't there, Monsignor? Very much so. You know, the um, beginning of the book of Genesis has the, uh, the pronouncement of God, the very first words that he utters, huh? A fiat lux, let there be light. You know, that we have uh, lived in, in darkness, and the Lord wants us to know that he has come into our midst uh, as light. The last book of the uh, Bible, the book of Revelation, 
talks about the Lamb sitting on the throne, and as we pray in an evening prayer on Sunday's evening, there will be no need for lamps or lights, because what? The Lord God shall be the light. So all throughout Scripture and all throughout the church's liturgy, as you said, the deacon solemnly announces light of Christ as he holds up the Easter candle, and then we come into the church to take our light from the light of Christ. And that same theme is given to us you know, all throughout the year. It's wonderful. I mean, I think of, we start with no candles lit on the Advent wreath, and then one and two and three, and then four, and in some places a custom of having a fifth candle, a white candle, the Christ candle in the center, and we celebrate the light of the world. In fact, that's one of the titles we hear for our Lord in the season of Advent as well, is it not? True. I mean, Jesus speaks when he comes to the blind man and gives him his sight, and then pronounces for all of us to know that, you know, I am the light of the world. Of course, in the Sermon on the Mount, he expands upon that to let us know that we who share in his light, then you are the light of the world, that we who join in Christ uh, are members by our holy baptism, and of course, that image there too, when one is baptized, receiving the candle on the day of one's baptism to enter into a, a mystery of what it means to be part of the light of Christ. As we look at the past calendar year, and we're in that, that awkward state, we're in a new church year, but we're still in the same calendar year. As we look at the last calendar year, you know, many people would say there's a lot of darkness this year. There's a lot of things to just be dejected or sad or somber. And I've been thinking about this, that that's a very true statement, but it seems that every year we could look around and we could easily find darkness in our lives but this this is a reminder that no matter how dark that gets, it doesn't have the final word. Amen. You know, the, uh, the name that we use for Satan himself, and one of the titles, of course, the father of lies and the prince of darkness. And again, we know that how prevalent um, evil is in our world and to give in to discouragement, as you, as you mentioned, that we're called to rise above that. And even in the midst of all of the confusion, all of the questions that we have, very often the answers that we're not able to give. But when we turn our hearts, our lives to Jesus, indeed, he does dispel the darkness. And all it takes is one light mm-hmm. to be able to, again, have the darkness uh, be disbanded. You know, it's, it's really interesting you mentioned that the name uh, Lucifer, which if I'm, I'm not a Latin scholar, but Lucifer is the light bearer. Correct. You know, but- the, the term that has been given to us to know that we know he was a fallen angel. God created him, even as tradition tells us, as one of the highest angels, if not part of the seraphim. There he was, and yet, um, as Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from the sky like lightning. You know, again, the one who had been given so much, uh, you know, threw it all away. Why? Because he preferred darkness rather than light, rather than to be in the presence of the light. I think it's a good reminder for us that, you know, we are called to be the light bearers. I think of one of my, my favorite feast days coming up, St. Lucy's feast day, and uh, the tradition of the, the girls with the wreath on their, their, like a crown on their head, with candles in it, and they, they bring the light. Um, but when we ignore our baptismal calling to, to share the gospel, to spread the gospel, it, in much the same way, we're not bringing the light, we are then bringing the darkness. But when we share that, and, and if I can pivot to the Easter vigil again, I know we're confusing some seasons here, 
But one of the great lines of the exalted, a light divided but undimmed, that when we share that light of Christ, it doesn't diminish the light. If we think of, of Christ as the light of the world, sharing that and letting that radiate through you and through me is not going to diminish the original light that we receive from Christ. And the light that the Lord gives to us, obviously, he wants us to unite not just with himself, but also with one another. And we know that when we do that, how we can truly transform our world that is in need of so much transformation as we know. One of the images, too, that I think, um, you know, as we're talking about, you know, right, how Christmas and Easter, and, and in some ways we know that um, they're, they're celebrated differently, but they really are united. Obviously, you know, why did Christ come? Christ came, as we sing, sing in the Christmas song, to save us all from Satan's power as we had gone astray, huh? Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. And yet that, that gift of salvation comes to us uh, from Jesus dying on the cross. You know, when we look at the sky and we see the beginning of, of the dawn, we can see even how the colors almost imitate some of the colors we use liturgically. We go from those deep violets to then a brighter rose uh, to the orange and red, and then to obviously the, the perfect white, you know, the light of Christ. But I think every morning, I think those of us especially who are familiar with the Canticle of Zechariah, you know, the last line of, of that beautiful prayer, in the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace, the peace that only Christ can give. When you say that, I immediately think of... Uh... My longtime friend Nick, who one of his favorite titles for, for our Lord was that of the day spring. And I think of, you know, a spring. I, I've been privileged to go to some springs, some remarkable springs in my life, and see the water just coming seemingly from nowhere, but it never ceases to, to well up from the ground and much in the same way that the love of our Lord never ceases. And, I, and, and as you say, the, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. We're not really as downhearted and dejected as we get. We are not in danger of running out of light. Christ isn't going anywhere in our lives. We are not. The days are getting shorter, but we know that when the winter season comes upon us, then each day it begins to grow a little bit longer, obviously anticipation of spring in which the, the Lord Jesus conquers sin and death, um, the, the perfect light in our midst. All right, Monsignor, before we conclude, I want to fast forward just a little bit in the Gospel of John because we've talked about that first chapter, but we also know in that famous passage, um, John 3.16, shortly after that, we read in verse 19, and this is the verdict, that the light came into the world, but people preferred darkness to light because their works were evil. And so we are not forced, because we have free will given to us by God, we're not forced to accept the light. We have a choice to make. And, you know, like we said, this goes back a long time to say that people have preferred the darkness to the light. So what are some of the practical things we can do in the season of preparation to help embrace the light, share the light, and and share the good news? Well, first and foremost, the ways that we can grow in holiness begins with prayer. I was uh, speaking recently to uh, some of the students at St. Clement of Rome and just inviting them to consider here we were in the classroom in the middle of the day. So let's just take a moment right now. Is Jesus with us? You know, they all they understood, yes, he is. Our Lord is here. When we take time throughout our day to recognize that Christ uh, wants us to turn to him, to come to him, to praise him, to adore him, to thank him, to acknowledge him. 
So we want to really always grow in, in our prayer life. And I think all of us know we can deepen that more. Very often we have good intentions, and yet sometimes we fail to take time for, for prayer. But prayer is not necessarily based on the quantity of our prayer, but just that we are truly giving the Lord time. And then when we also recognize then that we're part of uh, the body of Christ, we're looking to see our prayer life hopefully leads us to more charity toward others. You know, obviously in, in the season of Advent, we're having many opportunities. Um, many parishes have giving trees or, you know, giving a gift. Obviously it's not our birthday. We don't give gifts to ourselves, but we want to share the joy of Christ's presence among us and sharing um, with others. And so just to be aware of, of trying to um, be attuned to the needs of others. We, we know that indeed in this time, especially many um, do go without and um, we can always be hopefully uh, seeing how we can share with others. If I may, I'd like to add on to that too, that just the, the ministry of presence is a very important thing, especially as the days get shorter and as we enter a, a new wave of, of this ongoing coronavirus that seems like it will never end. Um, I think of days before, before the pandemic that I would be home with my small children. We don't go anywhere throughout the day. I'm home. I'm the only adult. I have no conversation with anyone. And even in those times, I would get very lonely. And I would always feel sorry if, if someone came to deliver a package or something, I would talk their ear off because it was the first adult <laughs> contact I'd have that day. But it really goes a long way as well, too, since we can't have the, the gatherings and the parties and whatnot, to take that time maybe to call your loved ones, to call your friends, maybe those people that you only see this time of the year to reach out to them and let them know that you're still thinking about them as well. Sure. Sometimes we just kind of forget about how a simple call or phone call, those Christmas cards, a little note to someone uh, really does make the difference, right? Well, Monsignor, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us to help us with our Advent preparations. I wonder if we could end with a, a prayer and a blessing today. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we give you praise and thanks for the many blessings you bestow upon us, and especially that we proclaim you this day, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, your Son, Jesus Christ. Give to us an open heart, dispel from us the darkness of sin as we prepare for the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Well, Patty, we said yesterday we hoped it wasn't the final word on the topic of redemptive suffering, and here we are again for a new daily dose of encouragement on this beautiful theme. Well, we're talking about redemptive suffering, and again, it's a tough topic, but I hope to give some just some words of encouragement and some insights that can help you or loved ones who are suffering right now as we speak. So today's topic is how to suffer well. We all want to suffer well. And I'm going to talk about a little bit more about this tomorrow as well. But first, I just want to talk about tears. Tears are so important. And many of us, tears are um, that way of opening our heart. And there's a line from one of my favorite songs. It's a Rich Mullins, a Christian song, goes way back. But he said this in a song, If I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for his home which is heaven. So every time I'm crying, every time I'm so upset, every time I'm grieving, every time I'm, whatever it may be that causes me to cry, I have to realize, what am I really crying for? Why am I crying? Our tears and our sufferings, they open up our heart for our longing for heaven. That's a good thing. We were not meant for here. We were meant for heaven. 
Sometimes we get angry and upset because this world isn't perfect. But as my pastor once said in a homily, this world is the roadside motel on the way to the dream vacation. What we really want is not X, Y, or Z on earth. What we really want is heaven. So your tears, your tears are good. Your tears can be holy. Your tears, let those tears flow that they open up your heart and realize, Lord, what I'm really longing for here is heaven. Turn this into a holy desire. I know this world isn't perfect. I know people are suffering. I know I'm suffering. But in this suffering, let my tears be an awakening that I'm longing for heaven. I know that song, and I think of it, if I stand, let me stand on the promise that you will see me through. And that Rich is the beautiful. I know. Yep. I, it's a I great it. song. Yes, it's called If I Stand. If someone's wondering, what's the name of that song? It's called If I Stand. And one of the, the last line of the song is, and if I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for his home. And I just pray that I will be that person, that if I weep, that that's why I'm really weeping. It's because I'm longing for heaven. What a beautiful encouragement for us today. Thank you so much, Patty. For your Wednesday, we begin with showers, but skies will clear this afternoon and we'll end up with a high of 62 degrees. The normal high is 49 tonight, clear with a low of 42. Then Thursday and Friday, sun both days with a high of 72 Thursday and 68 on Friday. Saturday, partly sunny with a high near 50 degrees. And then Sunday, I think we'll see some rain with a high of 60. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven this Wednesday morning, December 1st. Uh, A few things for you. A reminder that Friday is the first Friday of the month of December, and so we will have our prayers in honor of the Sacred Heart here on the show. But also you are encouraged to go to Mass and to receive Holy Communion as part of that devotion. In fact, that comes to us from our Lord to St. Margaret Mary Ellico. Uh, To do that, of course, we need to be in a state of grace to receive Holy Communion. And so if you are not in a state of grace, you are not properly disposed for whatever reason to receive Holy Communion, well, you've got some time to rectify that, but let's let's get to work. Uh, if you need to get confession, get to confession. A lot of the places that have First Friday devotion will make confession available for that as well. Um, Saturday is the first Saturday, so we pray the rosary, we meditate upon the mysteries of the rosary, and we go to Mass and receive Holy Communion. That meditation upon the mysteries of the rosary should be for 15 minutes. This comes to us from our Blessed Mother to the children at Fatima, and so our our mother asks us to do it, we should do it. You know, when my mom used to ask me to to do the dishes, I could say no. It would be unwise, though, Um, and it wouldn't be honoring your your mother to to refuse such a simple request. So uh, please join in those prayers on Friday and Saturday. We are in the midst of our Novena to the Immaculate Conception. Um, So let's pray those prayers very quickly here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, who by the immaculate conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary did prepare a worthy dwelling place for your Son, we beseech you that, as by the foreseen death of this your Son you did preserve her from all stain, so too you would permit us purified through her intercession to come unto you through the same Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, world without end, amen. O Blessed Virgin Mary, the glory of the Christian people, joy of the universal church and mother of our Lord, speak for us to the heart of Jesus, who is your son and our brother. O Mary, who by your holy immaculate conception did enter the world free from stain, in your mercy obtain for us from Jesus the special favor which we now so earnestly seek. 
O Mary of the Immaculate Conception, Mother of Christ, you had influence with your divine Son while upon this earth. You have the same influence now in heaven. Pray for us and obtain for us from him the granting of our petition, if it be the divine will. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are also in the midst of the Christmas preparation prayer. Uh, It starts on St. Andrew's Feast Day, which was yesterday. It's a very simple prayer. We'll be praying it with you throughout the day as well. Um, Let's close our time together in prayer today in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So that's that's what we've got for you today. Again, we are going to pray the rosary a little earlier than normal today. We'll still pray it at 10 o'clock. So if you're used to tuning in at 10 o'clock, tune in at 10 o'clock and pray that with us as well. Um, so that that is the agenda for this morning. I want to thank Monsignor Cronin and Father Foy for being with us today, Father Hollowell for sharing his words with us. For all of us here at Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today.